Okay. I'm going to give you a little bit of an introduction. Today, if you journey through history, you will understand that there have been many epidemics throughout history, and some of them have affected us greatly. Among those, we have the smallpox. Good morning, church. Welcome to the worship service in our Williams Lake uh, church and community today. Happy Sabbath to each one of you. It's been a wonderful week, a week full of blessings, a week full of challenges as well. Currently, we're helping different needs in the community. But we are happy to know that it was a wonderful week because we also received rain in our community, in our grounds and I believe God is willing to send his rain this morning upon your, upon your home, at your house, at your dwelling, with your family and loved ones. It is necessary, as I always mention, that when we come to worship service, we are allowing ourselves to listen to God's voice. We are putting everything aside, whatever it takes our attention, and will this uh, courage us or bring our attention to something different. Let's put that aside. So I ask you to please now take the time to listen to God's word this morning. We have exciting news coming up, and you will be able to see them this coming week. I tell you, you stay connected to the page and the, and the different channels that we use to communicate. This week, we will be able to release some more uh, of a news update of what's happening in our town, what's happening in our city, in our region. And you will hear about a program that is just about to start on this coming week. And this program is uh, now done enabled in order for us to keep up to date, visually speaking. If you want to know more about it, please stay in tune. You will hear more about it this week. I also want to encourage our members to come to our workshop uh, Vesper nights, Friday nights, Every Friday during the month of April and the month of May, we are meeting at 6.30 p.m. And this meeting is for you. We are learning the ways how God can use us to bring others to him. So I encourage you, come and meet with us every Friday at 6.30. I also encourage you to continue to come to prayer night meeting every Wednesday at 6.30 as well. The title for today it's a topic that we've been talking over the last month, and I want to continue to, to give you the different concepts on this specific theme. This theme is our theme for, for the general conference worldwide. Lord, I will go. Lord, I will go. The title for today is Heal Me. Lord, I will go. Heal me. And I believe as we study God's word, you're going, you're going to be able to see that when we are healed by the Lord, we are able to go and tell others about his mercy and his goodness. So please stay tuned with us. Open your Bibles with me and let's come together to pray unto the Lord to ask for his blessing this morning. 
Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, now more than ever, we need you, Lord. There are a tremendous amount of people who are right now needing of your presence in their lives. We as individuals, we're asking for you to please come and heal us. This is a Sabbath worship service in healing. And we want to know that you can be here with us. We want to ask your Holy Spirit to come and dwell in our midst. It is necessary, Lord, for you to stop by. We need to hear your voice. I mean, we've been busy the whole week. It is necessary for us to now slow down and pay attention to what you have to say to us. So please allow us to hear your voice and to obey your command. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, church, I tell you, God is good. And definitely he is moving in our city. He is moving in our town. God has been doing amazing things in Williams Lake and in Quenelle. And soon you're going to be listening to the reports of what is happening in our city and in our town. I love the way God is working around the world. But I love to see how he's working locally. And you and I are part of that miracle. You and I are part of that special team that God is using to change the world. To heal the world. To bring solutions to this world and i tell you the bible is open and, and opens our minds to different stories and different concepts and when we go through history if we take a journey over over the past hundred years and and some years ago through history we will learn that this concept of sickness and pandemics epidemics have been with us for 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 the century, we have seen this before, talking about some of the great epidemics that affected the world in the past. One of those most common ones is the smallpox, which in a period of 100 years, it brought more than 26 million people to the grave. The smallpox. But if you want to know a little bit closer to our, to our era, we cannot forget the bubonic plague also known as the Black Plague, which in, 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 it brought to death more than 27 million human beings. And if we don't want to go too far, back in 1918, the British soldiers camp, from the British soldiers camp emerges the mortal epidemic known as the Spanish Flu, which in only eight months, takes the life of more than 25 million people. I mean, if we want to talk about epidemics, sometimes we forget about them because they were not in our era. They were not in our time. But currently, we are facing one. Currently, we are experiencing, experiencing the struggles. And we are seeing them worldwide. And we have to care for one another. And we have to know that this need is actually hurting everyone around us. I mean, yes, we laugh and we, and, and, and we live with hope because we know God is greater than anything in this world. But at the same time, it hurts us knowing that one of our family members, one of our friends, one of the people from the community, one so, somebody that we know 
it's getting heard through the process of, of what, what's going on right now in the world. Not only the, the physical element of it, but also the emotional part. How many families, people, individuals have we heard about that they're going into depression right now due to the current crisis? I mean, talking about epidemics, we're currently facing one of the greatest challenges we are in, in the, late, in, in, in the late, uh, latest years. And this was part of the situation Jesus was facing when he came to earth. This is not the only time that we have heard about great crises and great epidemics. I mean, there was one that the Bible records that nothing could compare to it. The way it would kill the human person and, and how aggressive it was. It, it's tremendous just to hear about it. it is, it's incredible to know how Jesus dealt with this condition. And today you're going to hear about an epidemic that is affecting the world more than anything else you have ever heard of. And, and it's including everyone around us. But you will also know and you will also hear about the solution God is bringing to that great crisis we are about to face and we are currently facing. I want you to come with me to the book of Mark. I mean... Each one of the gospel writers talks about this concept, but Mark opens up the curtain in such a way that I want you to come with me to the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 40. And the Bible says that in the gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you can find this story, but the way that Mark opens this up, it's completely different. Now, verse 40, it says, Now a leopard came to him. And, and we're going to talk about a little bit of what leprosy is, you know. I mean, leprosy, is, it, it's, it's incredible the way this disease would bring down the human image, the God's image in the human perspective to the grounds. The way this disease will take the life over someone was incredible. The Bible opens up by saying, now a leper came to him, imploring him kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Oh, I tell you, some biblical, biblical scholars say that this disease was painful. It was disgusting. It turned the person who contracted it unclean. For which was there, which was not cure for it. I mean, in the time of Jesus, leprosy was the worst illness you could acquire. It was known as the finger of God. I mean, could you believe learning that somehow you acquired this disease, and not only it's affecting your body, but it's also the condition that the world is telling you that you have over you the finger of God. God is the one ultimately bringing that to you because somehow you committed some sins, you've done wrong in your life, and God is paying you back for your wrongdoings. That was the type of concept in Jewish time people would understand about leprosy. It, wasn't not, only, it was not only a physical uh, impairment, but it was also a social one and an emotional one and ultimately an spiritual one. 
the leper was considered totally disabled, physically and spiritually. He had to stay six feet away from people, including members of his own family. Sounds familiar to you? The lepers were like living dead. They had to use a black cloak to be recognized as someone among the dead. I mean, if, if you could use the title or, or the description of it, you would call them the walking dead. They would put on a garment, a black cloth all over their body, and they would have a small bell that as they were walking on the street, they would ring that bell saying, unclean, unclean. And if you were walking on the sidewalk, they would have either to move to the other sidewalk or there were specific sides of the, of the streets that they could actually walk on. But they were not usually allowed into the cities. In fact, once someone was declared leopard with leprosy, they had to leave their family, they had to leave their work, they had to leave their home, and they had to go out to special places that were built for people who had this disease. Among them, they were supposed to go and dwell. I mean, leprosy, the way it started, you know, when you read Leviticus about this concept, I want to bring you to a story, and I want you to, to, to see and picture what would it be like if you were a leopard in Jesus' days. And I'm talking about this guy. I mean, I, I, I am a builder. I, I work with my hands. I work at home. But one day, somehow, I started feeling this small numbness on my, on, on, on my arm. And, and when I looked at it, I, I didn't pay attention to it. But when I looked at it, I saw that I had a small white mark on my arm. I mean, it wasn't hurting. I didn't pay attention to it. But I have heard that. If I, had to, if I was ever to see some small mark on my skin, I would need to go to the, to the priest and he would have to evaluate it. See, in the days of the lepers, in the days of the Jewish time, in the days of, of, of Jesus and back since the Exodus, the way God appointed this is that if someone went through some sort of disease, especially leprosy, they would have to go before the priest and the priest would have to evaluate the wound. And they would put a small mark where the wound was. And they would let him go for another seven days. And at the eighth day, they'll have to return to check again if that wound or that mark or that spot, that white spot, had spread more or was going smaller. Then they would declare him either unclean or clean, ready to go. So I was told to go to the priest today. But I'm not sure if I want to go. I mean, talk about the statistics what if this is something that I cannot cure what if this is going to put me away from my family should I go or should I not go should I just hide it and not let it anybody see it I mean I have deadlines with work I need to get things done right now I mean parties coming at the end of the month and I want to be a part of that festival part of that celebration and I know that if I am declaring clean right now I won't be able to participate at anything that has to do with worship God or being at the temple but I need to go. I mean, my family has seen it. My daughter has, has asked me, what's that white spot, daddy, that you're having on your arm? I need to go and take a look at it. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to go see the priest. And he's going to evaluate the wound. That day, that person went to check. The priest will see the wound. 
normally they would have to stripe their clothes off so the priest can see the whole body and examine everything. And if they were to see more white spots, obviously they would put him in quarantine for seven days to see if that was uh, developing more or, or that was diminishing. But the case of this guy, the story that I'm bringing up to you today, talks about a person who, in fact, was set aside for seven days. But it seems that this is growing. I mean, I haven't done anything wrong. I've been paying my tithe. I've been paying my, my, uh, my offerings. I've been faithful to God. What do you mean now I'm getting this disease? Is the Lord really against me now? Is the Lord really wanting to punish me? For what? What have I done in my past? I mean, can you think about the person that, the, that acquired this type of disease, the type of trauma that it will go through, not just because you're getting... a, a, a an, uh, an aspect on your skin, not just because you're getting a disease that is definitely causing you trouble, but now emotionally, the scars that you're getting, because now everyone is pointing the fingers at you saying, well, you must have a sin and you haven't confessed that sin. That's why God is bringing this to you. This is why it's called the finger of God, because somehow at some point you've been lying about something, either the present or the past, and God is not going to be led to be lied by you. So we are bringing this to you and you should confess. I mean, the people that I grew up with in my street, they, they now know that I'm in quarantine and they're expecting to see the results eight days from now. But they just told their kids not to come to play with mine because what if they are also to get infected by it? They just told their family not to open their doors to me as I walked by. And I just went to the grocery store and now everybody's looking at me differently because everybody knows I'm going through this process. But what about my family? My family has nothing to do with it. But everybody's pointing fingers at them. I mean, leprosy, as I mentioned, you were totally disabled physically and spiritually. Could you believe now your wife is wondering, have you been really faithful to God or to me? What if God is punishing you because you did something wrong that you're not telling us? Could you see the picture of that son or daughter, four or five year old, asking their daddy, daddy, did you do something wrong and you're not saying it? Is it, is it why you're going through this process? Is that why you're falling ill at this moment? And I want you to understand that it was not only a disease that will destroy your nerves and you wouldn't be able to feel anything. I mean, people would pass by and cut themselves and they would be bleeding. They wouldn't understand that they were bleeding because the nerves were completely dead. You wouldn't have a thing. You wouldn't feel anything. Pieces of the skin will fall off. Oftentimes, they would cut themselves. And since there was no cure for it and they, the tissue couldn't be restored, that would start rotting and smell. So knowing that you were a leopard, not only you had to claim out loud in public, I am unclean, I am unclean, but you also had that smell, you know? I mean, talking about going to a meeting, trying to hide yourself, trying to not show anyone that you're sick, trying to put a, a, a cloak over you, but the smell, it couldn't be contained. People would start smelling, hey, there's something not nice here. Something smells. Is there a leper among us? Somebody here is not telling us that they're sick? The Bible says 
that this guy who was sick came to Jesus. What would it take him for him to come to Jesus? What would it take from him to take the boldness to say, I want to go to that guy because he can heal me? I mean, imagine the confusion. And, and maybe I'm trying to bring you into a story right now that, that you can open your eyes a little bit more than just, oh, there was another leper and Jesus healed him. I, I need you to be in, two, in, 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 in the first century Jesus time, a Jewish person who's fallen ill through leprosy and now his whole world has changed because he was in a spiritual person and all of a sudden he's not anymore because now he's cut off from worship service. You cannot come to the temple to seek for God because you are unclean. God does not accept unclean people. So therefore, you are outcast of the city, of your family, of your worship uh, congregation, of the friends you grew up with everyone who was somehow your friends now they turn their back on you because somehow you are unclean and it doesn't matter whether you did a, a bad thing or not that's the that's called the finger of god because somehow god is punishing you so that person was an outcast of his own family Imagine that morning, I have to go, honey, I want you to leave the house because you might bring us the disease to ourselves. You have to leave. Maybe you lied to me. Maybe you went on to somebody. Maybe you had an affair with somebody and that's why God is bringing you that disease. Who knows? You're not telling us the real problem here, but the infection on your skin is telling us that God is punishing you and God cannot be wrong. So that person would have to leave his house, his wife, his children, his parents, his friends that he grew up with, and his church, and was devastated out into the mountains. And talking about emotional scars. Then how did this person decide to come unto Jesus? What took him, what did he know about Jesus that made him come to him and say, Hey, if you want to, you could heal me. What kind of knowledge would he have about Jesus? Or what kind of image would Jesus reflect onto people that even the leopards that were separated not only from their homes, their communities, their country, their city, and their temple, their place of worship, were able to say, I am being separated from God because somehow this disease was sent by someone that I don't know about, but is punishing me. But in despite of what I've heard, I am willing to take a leap of faith on this man who might be able to heal me. What kind of knowledge what they have about Jesus. Because the Bible says that this man, the leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And I want you to pay attention to this. This is very, very important. When the leper comes unto Jesus, he's not asking to be restored, physically speaking. Now, in fact, when 
when Jesus in the New Testament is referred to do miracles, to heal people, the Greek verb that he uses, it's iomai. That's the Greek word that Jesus uses or, or uh, the writers use to talk about healness. And that's to heal, to restore, to, to restore physically, to heal somebody. That's the word that, that, that has been used, the verb that has been used every time they talk about someone who's been healed. But about this story, specifically about this case, the word that they use is not iomai, but it's used katarizo, which means to clean to purify and to restore. Meaning that when he came to ask for healness, if you pay attention to what Mark is saying, he says, if you're willing to, you can make me clean. See, the disease that he was talking about was not only that disease that was causing harm to his skin, that disease that would kill the nerves and he wouldn't be able to have any sensitivity over his body. But he's talking about the disease that you and I currently have and are experiencing. And that is sin. Sin is the worst disease that ever occurred to human beings. It's the worst epidemic. I mean, it happens right before you are born. You are born with it and you die with it. And your children will inherit it as well. And there is only one cure for it. And that's the cure that Jesus can bring to your life. When the leper comes unto Jesus, he says, Lord, if you're willing to, you could make me clean. You could purify me. And when you compare this, the leprosy with sin, you can see how similar they become. There is a lot of comparisons people have made about a leopard and about a sinner. Because ultimately, they destroy one another. You see, that person talking about the story that we're, we're just mentioning, trying to put life into the story. I, I went to the priest and he declared me that I was unclean. But how am I unclean when, when I've been paying my tithe and my offerings and I've been faithful and I've been a, a, a community helper? Why is this happening to me? Why are you taking a punishment upon me that I do not deserve? I mean, I am a man of my family. I have kids to take care of. I won't see him when they go to college. I won't be with her when she goes down the aisle to get married. I won't be able to be with them when they get baptized. I won't be able to be part of their religious experience something that i always dream of because the leprosy will take you away from your loved ones and will kill you by yourself alone the words and the comments around the community were well he must be hiding something something must have been hidden that's why god is taking revenge upon him Oftentimes, we go through conditions in life. And instead of hearing encouragement from, uh, from people, the words of encouragement and hope, you often get words like, well, it is you that you deserve it. Well, it was your choice. Well, it, what would you expect 
if that was what you wanted, or you must have done something wrong, and that's why you're paying your consequences by it. Oftentimes, the world will tell you, not only the world is going to get you to the position where you get away from God, but once you're away from God, it's going to tell you how bad you are because you are away from God. And it's going to tell you how much you don't, you don't deserve to be closer to Him. And I just can't imagine what it took from this leopard that one day that he went up to Jesus and said, kneeling down, imploring if you're willing, you can make me clean. But now listen to the answer of Jesus. Because this is where the miracle happens. This is the biggest part of this story. Verse 41 says, Then Jesus moved with compassion. I tell you, Jesus was moved by many things. But not the things that are moving us. I mean, we can move because of work. We can move because of the economy. We can move because of greed. We can move because we are trying to be better than the other person. But when we see Jesus, Jesus always gets moved by compassion. And that compassion moves the Savior of this world onto those places that people wouldn't go to. Where was Jesus that he found this, 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 this leopard? Well, usually outside of the cities, places where no one else would visit. That's where Jesus was. And the Bible says, then Jesus moved with compassion and stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing. Be clean. See, the Bible teaches us that the word of God has power to transform, to create to produce. No one else has that power but the power of God. The word of God has the word. Is the word that he said and it was done. Jesus said and it was created. That word has the power to restore you today. When you come unto God and you open your Bible. That's the same word and it has the same power as it did in creation day. But in this story. Not only did Jesus was able to speak unto him and say, I am willing, be clean, but he also touched him. I mean, can you imagine the, the picture? Can you be there? Be part of the multitude who's watching this, this testimony right here. Somehow this guy opened himself through the multitude. He jumped in the middle of the, of, the, of, of the space right close to Jesus. And he kneeled down before Jesus and said, If you're willing, you could cleanse me. You could make me clean. And Jesus said, I am willing. Be cleansed. But I love how Mark describes this picture because he says first, Jesus was moved with compassion. And after he was moved with compassion, he touched him. It's been years since I felt the touch of someone in my life. In fact, every time I would walk on the street, People would jump to the other side of the sidewalk. And I would have to have this bell saying, I am unclean, I am unclean, get away from me. Usually kids would, would run away. The smell of my own body wouldn't allow people to get any closer. I haven't hugged anyone in years. I haven't been able to hug my own children or my wife. I'm being able to have that special touch of that person that I love. 
And somehow the Savior of the world is willing to make me clean. But he touched me. Can you see that when Jesus restores, he's not only planning to restore one side of your life, but your whole life. And in this case, that touch talks about the emotional healness that he is bringing to this person who's been an outcast of the world during those years. He touched me. I tell you, when you come unto the Savior, the way he's planning to bring solutions and, and, and help to your life goes beyond what you could ever expect for. Because when Jesus comes, he's not just doing the, the, the minimum, but he's about to go over and beyond of what you need. Talking about leprosy, comparing it to sin. Leprosy initiates in an imperceptible manner. Sin also begins in the same way. Eve never imagined that a simple conversation with the serpent would open the doors of evil to this planet. David didn't think of a glance of a woman of a soldier would bring as a result so many troubles to his family. I mean, Imagine leprosy starts off by being in a small spot, white spot on your body. And usually you don't pay attention to those small spots. The same thing happens to sin. I mean, it's only one time, Pastor. Nothing else. It's only one time, one occasion. I usually talk about this with my high school kids. And I tell them, hey, you have to be careful with every decision you make. And oftentimes when you tell them you need to be careful, the one thing they answer back is nothing is going to happen. It's only one time. Who gets so anxious and, and, and surprised about one time? But talk about one time to those who are now convicted. And they will tell you it was just one time. And this is where it got me. Sin starts the same way. Usually starts with one small action, one small spot. And we tend to feel like it's not going to grow. It's nothing going to happen on it. Leprosy expands in a rapid manner. In the same way, sin grows and expands in a rapid manner all over the soul. I mean, for, for whoever believes that sin is not a big issue right now, it's out of your, you're out of your mind. Because usually we try to put things in the small way possible, thinking that, well, it's not as bad as it looks. It was only one time, and it's not going to happen again. But tell me, was it only one time? In fact, some of us, right now where you are, Sitting in that place, sitting in that couch, in front of your TV, in front of your iPad, in front of your computer. Just think about it. Was it only one time? I've talked to people that have told me, Pastor, I thought it was only going to be one time. And it's been years now that I've been trying to get away from this habit. And I can't do it anymore. Because that's what sin does to us. It expands. It expands to the, to, to the way that we cannot longer control it. Now it's controlling us. I've talked to couples that they said, well, it was only one conversation. I was only saying hi. 
I was just liking the picture. I mean, who, who gets offended by liking one's picture? But sin expands. And it grows rapidly. And the more you try to hide it, and the more you try to control it, the less control you have over it. And the more it keeps on growing. Because that's what sin does to us. There is no cure for it. Not on your hands. Not on my hands. Leprosy is also highly infectious. Sin as well as leprosy infects everything. The consequences of sin are not only suffered by the one who commits the sin. But also are those around him. You see, leprosy was highly infectious. Sin is the same way. Oftentimes, we, you tend to believe and say, well, it's only me, you know. I'm only the one who's going through it. Why does anybody care? It's my life. It's my body. It's my action. It's my decision. Yes, it is yours. But once you go through it, everyone who's around you, who loves you, who cares for you, will also suffer the consequences. And when I talk to couples, I tell them, and, and let me be clear to you, work on your marriage. Invest in your family. Because when those two are no longer together, it's not only who of them two are suffering the most, but the product, the children, the family are the ones who are left alone now thinking, where do I go from now? I mean, oftentimes we believe that, yes, it's only my time. It's, and, and, and talk about exchanging a lifetime with someone for two or three minutes of pleasure. And the consequences that that pleasure brings, the decisions. I tell you, sin is a seed that is planted and it doesn't need water to grow. And it doesn't need the right conditions to grow. And it doesn't need moisture and it doesn't need the right soil. All it needs is to be thrown on the floor. And soon you will see a big tree growing out of it. And the problem of that is, whether you want it or not, you're going to have to reap the fruits of that tree. But guess who else is going to get those fruits too? Those third people that are in your, in your circle, your family, your loved ones. That's why... We need a savior that can give us the solution to this problem. When Jesus approached this fellow, he was moved with compassion. He stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. And he, as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Brothers and sisters, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you need to stop carrying that load on your shoulders. Today is the day that you can come up to him. Regardless of what people have said before, regardless of what the society has tagged has tag you with, regardless of the different nicknames people have put on you, today is the time that you can come to Jesus and tell him, hey, I am here. Clean me, please. 
the same Jesus that was moved with compassion that morning dealing with that leopard is the same Jesus that is with us this morning today and is telling us, hey, come unto me, all those who are weary and tired, and I will give you rest. I mean, talking about, Lord, I will go, heal me. Jesus tells the leopard, hey, be quiet, strictly, don't say anything, go to the priest, present yourself before him, tell him to check your wounds now, and he will see that you're completely restored. But stay quiet. The Bible says that he went on to his family and into the city. And he told everyone about the beautiful miracle God had done in his life. In fact, Jesus couldn't go into the city any longer. Because the multitude would just come up to him. Because of the miracle this guy was telling everyone about. Lord, I will go. Heal me. The Lord is sending you. And some of you have been healed already. It is time for you to tell others about what Jesus has done in your life. But if you are one of those who are still going through that process, I tell you, brother, I tell you, sister, do not hesitate to come unto him. This is your day. This is the time that you can come unto him and he will heal you. He will cleanse you. I am willing be cleansed. Jesus came into this world to save those that were, that were lost. This is the mission of the church. This is your mission. This is mine. I am here not because I'm better than anybody else. I am here because sometime during my life, he came to me. He touched me and he said, be clean. And he continuously does that on a daily basis. He's willing to still work with me in regards of who I am, regardless of who I am. I tell you, he's willing to work with you too. He's willing to work with your loved ones. Today is the day that you can tell the Lord, Lord, I will go. Heal me. The same compassion, the same Jesus is waiting for you this morning. Wherever you might be, whatever your condition might be. May you, maybe you've been a church member for years. But lately you have felt like you were disconnected, that you were a little bit apart. Maybe you're just coming into church. Maybe this is a way that you connected to us today out of somewhere. And, and this is the first time you ever listen about Jesus. But I want to tell you the same invitation is for all of you. Come unto him and he will make you whole. He will work with your need. He wants to give you what has been taken away from you. Please don't try to do this on your own. The worst mistake that you could do is try to get your problem resolved on your hands. You're going to get tired. You're going to get weary. You're going to get discouraged. And then you're going to believe that there is no solution for you. But I'm telling you today, if you come to him, he will not send you away. He will open his arms and say, come to me, all those who are weary and tired, and I will give you rest. I want you to know, church. I want you to know, community. This church is open for you. This place is your place. We are not better than anybody else. We are not worse than anyone else. We are just human beings. 
trying to follow the Savior and His teachings. This church is for you. This space is for you. And this is the place where God wants to talk to you. So just come as you are and tell Him, Lord, here I am. Heal me that I may go. Let's have a word of prayer as we close today. Lord, we have many needs in our town. Every one of us is suffering through the same disease, which is sin, greed, self-righteousness, envy. Lord, we need you more than ever. Because we now have seen the need of love and compassion in our town, in our towns, in our region. This place needs to hear about who you are. Not only through words, but through actions. And that's why we come on to you today, Lord. Asking you to please heal our broken hearts. And do your work in our lives. And if you're willing, please touch ourselves. That we may feel the presence of your spirit in our lives. Bless each one of the families that are watching with us today. Each one of the homes, each individual, whatever the case might be or the situation they've been going through, we place that on your hands, Lord. And we understand that our problem is not the lack of work. It's not the ways of communicating to each other. It's not the envy itself. Our problem is the sin that has caused us this greatest struggle. And we need a Savior who can cleanse us. And you are a highest priest. And we come before you understanding that you alone and your sacrifice on the cross were the merits that clean our lives and make us pure and righteous before our God. And we pray, Lord, that many thousands and millions more will come to this knowledge and will stop carrying that load over their shoulders and will allow you to take them on your hands. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen. God bless you, family. May you have a wonderful Sabbath. I hope to see you here soon. Stay tuned. This week, we will give you more updates on the different projects that we're working on. May God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon.